Good morning, everybody. What a lovely uh, turnout this morning. Good morning and welcome to Sunday morning worship here at Essex Church, where Kensington Unitarians have their spiritual home. Ours is a community created by all who walk through our doors, and we bid you welcome, whoever, whatever, however you are this morning. We all bring the very stuff of our lives to this time of togetherness, and through our singing and our silences, our words and our presence here, we can seek that which we are most in need of, be that peace for the troubled, inspiration for the down at heart, acceptance for the struggling, a chance to share for the joyous. Whatever particular version of the human story you bring with you here today, and I wonder what your particular story might be, here is an opportunity to be in connection, connection with yourself, connection with one another, and connection with that which you hold to be divine. One of the pleasures of our community here in busy central London is welcoming visitors each week. And I look around today and see some uh, faces I know and faces that are new to me. It's lovely to have you here. And I'm saying an especial welcome to the Reverend Ant Howe, minister with our Kingswood congregation in Worcestershire. It's a little bit different there. It's a little greener. It's quieter. Ant is a friend and a colleague. We spent a year together at college, ten years ago now, and have never forgotten that experience. (laughs) And so good was that experience that Ant was prepared to give up part of his holiday to be with us, leading a workshop here yesterday on conducting ceremonies. So welcome to you, Ant, and to all our visitors here today. Right, let's light this chalice. You perhaps remember that saying of the Buddhas that um, even though we were to use this candle flame to light a thousand other candles, this one small flame would still not be diminished in the slightest. And so we light this chalice each week to connect us with Unitarian and Universalist communities around the world. May its small flame of freedom burn brightly in all our hearts this morning and remind us of the blessing that is sharing what we have with others. And let's take those thoughts and feelings into a time of prayer now. It, you might know that this being the 21st of September has been declared by the United Nations General Assembly as the International Day of Peace. Amidst all the difficult news that we face in our world, it might seem ironic, and yet I think we know that it is something to aspire to in our hearts, for ourselves, in our own lives, in our wider world. So let's now join together in a time of prayer and reflection. As I call on the divine spirit of life and love to be with us now and to bless, truly bless, all that we do and say together here this morning. Peace is not merely the absence of war. Peace is an enterprise of justice. And so may we always remember that peace begins with us and the way we choose to live our lives. 
let us ask ourselves, what more can I do to recognise the dignity of all people? What more can I do to hear the voices of those who are impoverished and marginalised? What would the God of my heart ask me to do this day to remove barriers between people? How can we use the earth's resources wisely? May we find the strength to speak out when others are fearful, oppressed or treated unfairly. God, we ask for your forgiveness and your healing. Help us live out our calling as peacemakers. And I invite you now in a shared still moment, if you wish to direct your thoughts and prayers to a place or a person or a situation in your own life or in the life of our wider world in need of our love and concern. And may we have the courage and the strength to bring about change in life. May we hear the still voice that counsels forgiveness, compassion, patience and dialogue. May we thirst ever after greater justice so that we might make our contribution to a world of peace. And so may we act on behalf of peace this day and all days, beginning with our own lives and the lives of those around us. This day and all days. Amen. This story um, we're going to hear now is called Eating or Preaching, and it involves the Mullah Nasruddin that we like so much, the, the holy fool of Sufism. And it said that the local religious leader invited Nasruddin one night over for dinner. And Nasruddin had not eaten much that day. He was absolutely famished when he got there. He was eager to eat as soon as possible. After two hours, however, of erudite teaching, the religious leader had yet to offer <coughs> Nasruddin any food whatsoever, not even any of those nice nibbles. And instead, this leader had spoken non-stop about a variety of in-depth religious topics. As Nasruddin grew more annoyed and more hungry with every passing minute, he finally interrupted the man and said, May I ask you something? What? The religious leader answered, eager to hear some religious question that would prompt him to continue talking. Well, well, I was just wondering, Nasruddin said, did any of the people in these studies of yours ever eat? <laughs> yeah. 
And there is good news. This service is about good news. And sometimes good news can be hard to find. But there is good news for all of us here today because not only will there be preaching, praying, singing and silence here at Essex Church, but we'll also get to eat later on at one of our regular congregational meals. And don't worry if you haven't brought any food because we always have lots to share. Good morning. The words of Richard Carlson... To a large degree, the measure of our peace of mind is determined by how much we are able to live in the present moment. Irrespective of what happened yesterday or last year and what may or may not happen tomorrow, the present moment is where you are always. Without question, many of us have mastered the neurotic art of spending much of our lives worrying about a variety of things all at once. We allow past problems and future concern to dominate our present moment. So much so, we end up feeling anxious, frustrated, depressed, hopeless. On the flip side, we also postpone our gratification, our stated priorities and happiness, often convincing ourselves that someday will be better than today. Unfortunately, the same mental dynamics that tell us to look to the future will only repeat themselves so that someday never actually arrives. John Lennon once said, Life is what's happening while we're busy making other plans. And while we're busy making other plans... Our children are busy growing up. The people we love are moving away and dying. Our bodies are getting out of shape. And our dreams are slipping away. In short, we miss out on life. Many people live as if life were a dress rehearsal for some later date. But it isn't. In fact, no one has a guarantee that he or she will be here tomorrow. Now is the only time we have, and now is the only time we have control over. When our attention is in the present moment, we can push fear from our minds. Fear is the concern over events that might happen. We won't have enough money. Our children will get into trouble. We'll get old. We'll die. Whatever. To combat fear, the best strategy is to bring your attention back to the present. Mark Twain said, I have been through some terrible things in my life. Some of which actually happened. (laughs) I don't think I can say it any better. 
Practice keeping your attention on the here and now. And your efforts will pay great dividends. So wrote Richard Carlson from his book, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. And it's all small stuff. Friends, it's an absolute joy to be here. And I've come with greetings from my own congregation, Kingswood in Worcestershire. We've got a couple of members from Kingswood here today, but I think it was the cricket that drew them rather than than me. (laughs) Um, We do worship a little differently at Kingswood, um, and it's great for me to join another congregation today. If you're ever up in the Midlands, be sure to come and see us. Before I get into the, uh, the address, I just want to give thanks for the friendship and the ministry of the Reverend Sarah Tinker, whose friendship I cherish, and I know that you're blessed to have her as your minister, and Reverend John Carter's here today as well. Um, you know, I get a fair few invitations, uh, once usually, <laughs> a fair few invitations <laughs> to go and uh, preach uh, or, or lead uh, a service in other churches. Usually I say no, because I don't like to be away from my, my own congregation too much. And I guess for about eight years now, Sarah's said to me, you know, at some point you must come and share a sermon at Essex Church. I, I did count it up, it's about eight years, and it's never quite worked out, or it, it's never felt like the right time. But today it does. I'm glad to be here. So let's see if it was worth the wait. <laughs> I think I've bigged myself up too much, it might not happen. I hope you stay till the... I did read a joke this morning in the newspaper. I nipped out and got a paper this morning. What do you call Batman when he leaves the church service early? Christian Bale. <laughs> I thought... <laughs> From the Bible. The Song of Solomon. I was asleep... But my heart was awake. I was asleep. But my heart was awake. There's a sound. My beloved is knocking. Open for me. My sister. My darling. My dove. My perfect one. My head is drenched with dew. My hair with the dampness of the night. Like you didn't expect to hear that this morning. <laughs> I don't know about you, but everyone I seem to meet in my work at the moment and friends are just going through something. And, and the world, as we've been thinking about, it's a, a scary place at the moment, isn't it? But several friends of mine, several congregation members just seem to be going through it and, and are craving that bit of good news, something to hold on to. And and I think the good news is, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. I don't know what you're dealing with this morning, but I've got friends who are dealing with grief and illness and depression and friends who can't see the good in themselves or they're not seeing any good in other people or the world or they're lonely and... I've met several people recently who've said to me, if something doesn't happen soon, 
I can't hold on much longer. And it's to those people I really just want to say, it'll be all right. And you know, I know that kind of look of hopelessness in people. I've seen it myself in the mirror occasionally. When you just want to give someone a bit of good news. Just tell them, hold on. Hold on. It'll be all right. I was asleep, but my heart was awake. We've all had it, haven't we? That restless sleep. The sort of sleep you wake up the next morning and it it doesn't feel like it's done you much good because your mind's been worrying. and, And the cares of yesterday are somehow being taken in to the next day. When you just need someone to give you the good news, it'll be all right. And in the story of the Song of Solomon, somebody wakes the person up. And what wakes the person up? Her lover knocks on the door. There's a sound. My beloved is knocking open for me. My sister, my darling, my dove, my perfect one. You know, those are names we could just as easily use for the divine, for the highest, the best. And I think that still small voice is always whispering to us. Sometimes we drown it out. But still small voice whispers to us, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. You know, recently I was having a right worry about a particular situation and it was affecting my sleep a bit. And uh, I woke up in the middle of the night and uh, I, I keep a Bible by my bed that was given to me many years ago. And when I, when I can't sleep, I, I tend to turn to it and I turn to the book of Psalms. I like the book of Psalms very much. And uh, I started at Psalm 1 where it says that good people are like trees. I like that. Good people are like trees. They're planted right by the water and they flourish and they prosper. And I thought that's a lovely image, but then we forget, don't we, that for many months of the year, a tree looks lifeless, doesn't it? Because it has to endure the winter storms it needs deep roots to survive and each year a tree has to go through that process of waking up and flourishing again you know in January each year long before we see any buds or leaves something's happening deep inside right in the middle of the winter storm Right in the middle of the cold and the dark, something happens inside which will end in the tree flourishing. It was asleep, but its heart was awake. You know, it might be easy for it not to bother, wouldn't it, each winter? (laughs) But the call of life is something that gets to the very heart of you, doesn't it? 
the very heart of you, that reaches you, even in the most difficult times, that tells you, wake up, you will flourish again. It'll be all right. That irresistible call of life. And I don't know if you feel like you're in the middle of the storm right now. And if you don't, that's great. But if you do, maybe within you the process is already starting. The one that will wake you up. And you will flourish. And you'll thrive. And the good days return. But it all starts, doesn't it, with the first tentative step. You know, I guess the tree waking up during the middle of the winter, it's a risk. For me, that first step is doing something for others, even if I can't do something for myself. And listening for that voice, telling me it's going to be all right. And I love the fact that the Bible compares us to trees. And as I was thinking about this, it came to me, it might be that the tears we shed during the difficult times are what is watering the ground for the tree to wake up again and to flourish down the line. The tears we shed today may be feeding the ground to wake us up. Nothing is wasted. No experience is in vain. Does God send us bad times? Of course not. But there's nothing so bad that that irresistible call of life cannot call us back again. It will be all Right. And you know, sometimes I feel like the most unqualified person in the world to be a minister, knowing what my faults are, and there are many, and knowing that sometimes things work in spite of me. And I love my work, and I try my best to follow where I think the Spirit leads. We get paid, don't we? And we're grateful for it. And both Sarah and I have lovely places to live. But it can be hard work. But there are privileges. I get to walk with people through their joy and their sorrow. I officiate at weddings, baptisms, funerals. I get to hold the hand of the bereaved. I get to help build community. And I get to come to places like this. It's an awesome privilege. And I wouldn't swap a minute of it. But really, to do what you're called to do, to do what any of us are really called to do, to really be ourselves, involves death, doesn't it? Deep roots and knowing at the heart of us is the call of life that keeps us going through the difficult times, that assures us it will be all right. And I look back and think, you know, the times 
that have been difficult for me, the tears I've shed are what helped prepare me for what I'm doing now, far more than the academic training did. We might not get the life we expected, but there's blessing to be found in the one we have. And I love my life. And maybe sometimes we all need that little nudge when we've overslept, telling us it's time to wake up, to hear that voice saying it's going to be all right, that calls us to love, to forgiveness, to healing, to transformation and to growth. And perhaps one of the best things we can do for someone else is tell them it'll be all right. And not just tell them, but then to hold their hand and walk with them. Tell people you love them. You appreciate them. After eight years of ministry at Kingswood, and I spent a few years as a layperson in charge before that in Manchester... Uh, and then my previous experience as a Pentecostal. I preached my first sermon when I was 15 years old. You'd think I'd be better at it by now, wouldn't you? <laughs> It'll be alright. It'll be alright. <laughs> There's so much I still need to learn. But of this I am sure. Of this I am sure. The way through the bad times is to hold on with one hand. And to give with the other. Hold on to whatever is sacred to you. Because it'll be alright. And give. Give your time to help someone else. Give your talent. Use the things you're good at. To make it alright for someone else. And give up your finance if you can. You know, our Unitarian churches were here for us because someone gave. How much can we give to ensure they'll be here for the next lot of people who need to know it'll be alright. There's a community here who will love you and accept you and walk with you. We know how we should live. We do, don't we? We know how we should live. And my belief is when you've done all that you can do, that's where the Spirit takes over. The book of Ephesians tells us, I don't want to give you too much Bible, I'm nearly finished. <laughs> the book of Ephesians tells us don't worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known, and the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind. Guard your heart and your mind. When something's guarding you, when something's protecting you, it means you can rest, doesn't it? It means you can get the kind of rest that you need. No more I was asleep, but my heart was awake. But peace, 
deep peace, real peace, that keeps us safe through the storm. The peace of knowing one day we'll flourish again. It will be all right. And that's good news. God bless you this morning. Amen. To bless the world by how you live in it. To choose to be a loving person, even when you have reason to be bitter. To choose to be a healer, even when you yourself have been wounded. To choose to be hopeful, even when you have cause to be cynical. To choose to forgive a hurt or a wrong that's been done to you. That's choosing a life. That's blessing the world. Amen. Amen. Go well and blessed be.